Hey everyone, we appreciate you listening. We'll get into the show in a bit, but just want to mention, go check out our Twitter page, at Midcourt Madness, for all of our show updates, as well as some breaking news tweets. Also, check out our website, where we post all of our writing at midcourtmadness.wordpress.com. Here's the show. On today's Midcourt Madness, the wait is over. We have college basketball games to talk about. We are through conference preview season. The summer is over. Thank God. I was getting sick of it, Biggs. I'm tired of it as well. I look outside right now, and it's finally start. It's starting to get dark at reasonable hours. It's dark at 5. I appreciate that kind of thing. It means winter is here, which means college basketball is here. Uh, all is right with the world again. Yeah. And so we're going to ask, basically go back and forth, asking ourselves questions to each other and answering them. Um, fair warning, Biggs, I procrastinated on this, um, and I have one question ready and also one hot take. So I might be coming up with these on the fly. So uh, let's see where this goes. Can't wait. Biggs, how are you feeling here? We are recording this Thursday evening. I believe the first night of games is Monday, which is the seventh. So that's four days from now. We have, you know how like right before weddings, like women will be posting stuff on their social media saying like three more sleeps until I become Mr. Whatever. Like it's four more sleeps, Biggs, until we have college basketball. Yeah. Well, didn't you say Rothstein was doing the the countdown on X amount of sleeps like uh, like 50 sleeps ago? Uh, he was doing hours. Let's see what Rothstein's Twitter has been the past couple of days. Cause he's, I mean, just, that guy's gotta be like, he, he's the meme where it's like South park and the dude jizzing all over himself. Like that's yeah. Rothstein right now. That's <laughs> <laughs> his most. He's got a Rothstein 45. He has Houston at number four. That's, that's fair. I'd say so. Ooh, he's got a 10 bold predictions. I might just open that article and just steal his. He, he's been struggling. Oh, here we go. 13 hour goes only four days until the 2022-2023 college basketball season officially begins. So that's the Rothstein update. Biggs, what is your update? My update is that it's Thursday night. I am excited about the upcoming weekend. My dogs play Tennessee. That is, uh, I'm nervous, but also excited, you know. And uh, yeah, the college, college basketball then starts Monday, which... I don't even know if there's really a lot of good games, but you know what? Call it some college, bad college basketball is better than no college basketball. You know, I'm actually going to steal. I'm going to go first question. I told you before that I was going to let you do first question. Um, which uh, Tennessee team between football and basketball this year will be more frolanteery? Mm. Coming out with a bang here. You are. Well, it's risky for me to say the football team's going to be frolanteery because. They play my dogs on Saturday, and boy, if I call them volunteers and they beat the dogs, it's like, what do what do we make of that? You know what I mean? But yeah, I'm gonna say the football team. I bet you the football team gets got by somebody, whether or not it's my dogs or it's someone else. I don't think they're getting through this season undefeated. And in college football, basically, if you lose once, you're a fraud. True. It's we we live in this culture, John, where if you if you lose ever in college football, you suck. So. Book it. Tennessee's going to end up sucking this year. Okay. So Their basketball team, though, to make that to make that connection. They're very good. I'm in. Are I'm they? In 
odds that they end up being the best in the SEC? That actually uh, kind of segues nicely into one of my big questions. Oh. Well, big let's questions. hear it. Big, big questions, 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 questions. I honestly thought you were about to start coughing. No, no, it was, it was big. <laughs> coughing with excitement. You ready for this? Yes. All right. Here are some of the favorites slash co-favorites in, in the Power Six conferences. It is a very... I don't know if it's always like this. It probably is, but you know what? Let's say it's not usually like this because right now we're living in the present and I don't remember past years. If you look at the ACC, the heavy favorite to win the conference is Duke and UNC. Those are the the two teams. Arizona, UCLA seem to be the heavy favorites in the Pac-12. Kansas and Baylor seem like the heavy favorites in the Big 12. Kentucky and Arkansas seem like the heavy favorites in the SEC. I'm, I'm stretching a little bit, but I'm going to say Indiana and Michigan are the heavy favorites in the Big Ten. I don't think there is a heavy favorite in the Big Ten. Maybe not. And what about I, Creighton, Creighton, Nova, and the Big East? Would you count those two teams as the two major favorites yeah. in that conference? Yeah. All right. So we've got five leagues where it seems like there are ten teams that are like, quote-unquote, heavy favorites. Which teams do you think have the best chance to crack the potential group and win their respective league. I have Tennessee, Alabama, Auburn, Michigan State, Wisconsin, Virginia, Florida State, Oregon, Texas, TCU, and Xavier with a question mark. So Tennessee is one of the teams that I have pegged as like uh, not considered the favorite of their league, but I think they could win their conference. Your thoughts? They're definitely up there. Um, Kentucky, I know – especially just with, I know, Sheboy is battling injury. I think it's going to be ready for the start of the year. And Severe Wheeler, it sounds like, has some in, something he's dealing with right now too. Um, and so you never know when those things might linger. I'd say on paper, with a fully healthy roster, Kentucky is the favorite in the SEC. Um, and so, and I do think Arkansas would be next up. But the thing with Arkansas is they're kind of doing the whole they're basically Kentucky this year. And so they're not used to being that. They're used to having guys who have been there and have been around the block. So Tennessee's definitely a very good, solid choice to sort of crack that party in the respective conference. But I think just – wait, are we eliminating Big Ten from this co- contest? Yeah, I guess. Sure. Yeah, Why not? okay. Because I think that's the obvious one is that just by the odds and how there's no team that is seemingly separating themselves from the rest um, – you're, are you watching something? Because you just gave a perplexed look, and I'm not sure if you're watching something on TV or. If yeah, you're... I was like, "Ooh, that was quite a play." I'm watching okay. Coastal Carolina Appalachian State right now, and I, I, like I thought I thought you're like perplexed at what I was saying there. But no, okay, no, what you say always makes a ton of sense. I'm perplexed okay. that I'm just like, damn, like that is next level thinking. Like you're big braining this entire thing, but <laughs> I feel like you just live your life big brain. Yeah, uh, Big East, I think. Uh, Creighton and Villanova is pretty solid, I think. And to go a step further, we talked about Villanova and their injuries during that preview. So I think Creighton has definitely kind of separated themselves a little bit. So which team um, is, do you think – so if there's a team in, in in that league, then that can maybe crack that and and beat Creighton or beat Nova. Who, who's the team that comes out of out of – well, not nowhere because we're predicting it. But what's the team that surprises us and wins that thing where you're like, I'm not that surprised? I got to get to that conference here. I'm trying to think of the head honchos in that league here. I know there's – you mentioned Xavier. Um, UConn? Yeah. 
UConn could do it. UConn's always Small. solid. Yeah, St. UConn John's. is always solid. Um, St. John's, no. Like they have, they're frisky with their guards, but at the same time, like I, I can't, I don't think they can be consistent enough. Um, out of that one, I would definitely go UConn. Would be my next one. Out, um, after Creighton and Villanova, um, Pac-12. Those seem to always go chalk. I feel. Arizona guess, was in chalk last yeah, year. Yeah, they weren't, but I don't know. I think now, like, they're kind of cemented in as, like, a top two team now. Uh, I think going forward, it's going to be chalk. How about that? Okay, um, fair enough, fair enough. ACC, I think it will be Duke or North Carolina. Um, I've kind of, I don't know, I've kind of hedged a little on Virginia, even since our ACC preview. Um, you know, I kind of see them as, like, an eight seed now. I don't know. I don't think they're as good as I thought they were when we did that preview. What am I missing? Conference SEC, ACC, Big East, uh, Pac 12. We weren't doing big. Oh, Big 12. Um, Kansas, Baylor, I Texas, TCU. Um, I think it'll be Kansas or Baylor. Texas would probably be my next best guess to crack that as far as being. I guess the, I, I the put question, them ahead of TCU. I mean, we think, we think that, yes, we think, we think Duke or Carolina is going to win the ACC. I mean, I think, I think. Everybody I don't, I don't think another team's going to get in there to win okay. the SEC. Yeah. Which team could get in there that would surprise you the least? Maybe that's the way to frame the question. Virginia. Virginia. Okay. Yes. yes. Pac-12, is there a team that would surprise you the least, or would you just be like gobsmacked no matter what? Because uh, did you say UCLA and Arizona? Yeah. Yeah, definitely Oregon then. That's easy. I think yeah. I would agree with that. But I think the team that I would be the least amount of surprised out of out of any league winning the league that that isn't one of those, uh, you know, top two, would be Tennessee. To to yeah. to circle this back to our to our Vols, your Vols, to my Vols. Yeah, I I, I think they're the, they would be the the most expecting, and and maybe that hasn't aged very well considering we're doing this on the on the heels of heels you know, them, <laughs> them them them. Uh, them taking it to Gonzaga here over the weekend in, in a, a quote unquote secret scrimmage, even though it's like the most unsecret thing ever. And it was like on, I, I love channel. those. I, I love the Rams Titus and take on with those things. The secret scrimmages. Yes. My favorite, my favorite is I just saw something about who's the, who's the coach. The Boston Celtics just fired their head coach. No, uh, they suspended no. their coach, right? Ime Ado- well, isn't he, isn't he the guy? Steve Nash got fired, and they're hiring. Ime, Ime, they're hiring the Celtics ex coach. Well, right? did you hear the the background research that they did? They they condu- they quietly did background information on him. Ime Adoko, yeah, or Steve Nash, yeah. They, no, they they quietly did background uh, information on Ime Adoka. But they're announcing by one it. of the most by one of the most major uh, like news outlets in the country. So obviously, it wasn't very quiet, right? I, I don't know why. I just get a kick out of like they're quietly thinking about trading a player. So the, are they like whispering it to other GMs about, <laughs> hey, we're thinking about trading Russell Westbrook. Keep, keep it down. We don't tell, want tell, every, tell everybody, but do it quietly, please. <laughs> it's just it's bizarre. I don't, yeah, I don't I understand. Know. Why, why do we need why do we need that word in there? But uh, I, I just remember a year ago because North Carolina scrimmaged Florida and Tate was talking about it because they released highlights, and he goes, from what I could tell, Florida didn't even score. <laughs> it's so dumb. I, know, I wonder if Florida showed those highlights too. They're like, yeah, we're, we're going to have our, t- it's a great way to actually temper expectations. If you think you're actually going to be like decent, 
you just show the other team doing a lot and you're like, see, we're actually not that great. Yeah. And then you, and then you pull, pull the old switcheroo and you're actually way better than anybody expected. Then you keep your job. Yep. But I digress. So you think Tennessee, best one? I'd say so. Okay. All right. Should I get my one question out of the way? Might as well. Okay. Maybe it's one of the questions that I already had. So let's let's make sure. Yeah, let's see. Okay. I have to frame this up in my head here because I only have it written down kind of. I have chicken scratch here. You want to see it? This is my this is my show notes. <laughs> yeah, not very good. Nice. Um, Sometimes so, there's, there's winging it and they're seeing what happens. So a year ago, Biggs, there were a lot of first-year head coach. And I'm going to preface this by saying we may have asked this question during our coaching carousel pod. Okay. But I'm just going to ask it again if that's the case. Um, but anyways, those first-year head coaches a year ago had a good amount of success, I'd say. We see, we see Hubert Davis – um, have his Tar Heels be the national runners-up. We see Tommy Lloyd take an Arizona team that was okay the year before and get them to be a number one seed that did bow out earlier in the tournament than they would have wished, but a one seed nevertheless. We also see TJ Otzelberger take an Iowa State team that was 2-22 and the year prior. I believe they started off like 13-0, 14-0. Um, definitely did fall off a cliff after like when they got into the conference play, but you know, still made the tournament um, and had, had a very good turnaround. Um, got to the sweet 16. Yeah. And so another one, and this wouldn't have been his first year, the head coach, but Shaka smart. Uh, I think he exceeded expectations with Marquette as well. Yeah. Um, and, and there's Mark gotta Adams. be other. Yep. Mark Adams with Texas tech, uh, Ben Johnson with actually never mind. Um, my question bigs is, you know, for this year we have two, legendary coaches who have left the game. Um, Jay Wright gets replaced by Kyle Neptune and uh, John Shire's predecessor gets replaced by John Shire. And, you know, there's definitely plenty of other ones here. I'm just, I actually have a list here. I know we've got Todd Golden um, at Florida. We've got, let's see what we got here. We don't Matt. need the entire list. Yeah, I think not, I think the best way to frame this is which, which new coach has the best chance to be this year's Tommy Lloyd, which, Amazing. No, that, that's, not that's not my question. That's not my question. This is my question, not your okay. question. Yeah. Okay. Can this crop of first-year head coaches replicate last year's success? No. No. All right, Sorry, next yeah. question. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, how, how could they? I don't, I don't think last year's crop of first-year head coaches will have the success that they have in year two, probably. I mean, it's just unlikely, given how successful they all were, right? I mean, there was... It was incredible. I mean, how many – a quarter of the Sweet 16 was first-year head coaches in in their in their new post, right? I mean, man, you could even break that down to, to like, absolute – I mean, Hubert Davis and Tommy Lloyd had never been head – Mark Adams had never been mm-hmm. Division One college head coaches before. But, I, I mean, it's amazing how many – how those guys did, right? I mean – incredible tournament success, incredible high level success in terms of winning, winning conferences, getting high tournament seeds, just simply overachieving. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was amazing. And I mean, I look around at some of the coaches, the first year, first year coaches are generally not in great spots. Colleges usually don't replace head coaches if they're in really good positions, right? I mean, the reason that they're replacing these coaches is because the the previous coaches have disappointed. They were bad. Yeah. And so, I mean, really, Nova and Duke, notwithstanding, I mean, 
which ones are in great spots? I don't think Florida's in a terrible spot. I think they're okay. Yeah, yeah, they're they're going to be okay. Todd Golden has a chance to be successful there right away, I would say. Um, Davidson, you know. cleaned up on the portal. Yeah, Davidson more of a mid-major, but, I mean, it's just passing it to the sun. Uh, Yep. That Thad Mata at Butler, I just think he's a good coach, so I think he could have some success right away. But I think just on paper, like if we talk about on paper with like starting lineups and stuff, but on paper this crop of coaching, um, I don't, I just don't think it's as I guess Sean Miller and Xavier too. I forgot about him. Um, did you see? Was it Louisville that lost like a D two? team in their exhibition yeah yeah so don't expect much from kenny payne but a really long way of me saying that i think like the uh coaching cojones of last year's first head year head coaches was definitely better than this year i would say that too and 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 who knows what would we have thought of the first year head coaches last year i mean we we obviously have talked about how we didn't really think arizona was going to be much and they turned into a ton Nope. I guess we thought you know we didn't think Iowa State would be anything, and they and they definitely overachieved. So maybe somebody overachieves in a big way, but yeah, I mean off the top of my head, I, I think Sean Miller is probably my favorite one in terms of I think he's set up to have the most immediate success. Um, the more I dig into Maryland, the more I like them. So Kevin Willard, but I, I also recognize that the Big Ten is is just kind of a beast. So that's going to be really hard to. They could finish. They could finish third. They could finish twelfth, and I guess I wouldn't be shocked. You know what I mean? Oh. Um, I like Chris Jans at Mississippi State, but I think his roster is he, he, he just he's going to need a little more time. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I I even I even can talk myself out of Kyle Neptune at Nova. Like I think they're going to be okay, but I mean one of my one of my questions later has to deal with Nova, and it's like, are we sure? Are we sure they're going to be that good, or is it just because Villanova is on the front of the jersey? Mm-hmm. Usually we rely on if we're if we're just ranking teams based on the front of the jersey, it's we're baking in the coach. Are we baking in Kyle Neptune as a as an elite coach already? He's not Jay Wright. No, and like you know, we saw him coach at what was it Fordham? Is that correct? Yeah, and they had a really nice yeah. year by Fordham standards. So I mean, he, right. he, he, yeah, he's exactly. shown some chops, but different animal here. Yeah. All right, you have another question here. Yeah. I'm going to give you – I have 10 teams. 10 teams. The simple simple bit – the simple question is why did they fail? We're we're doing this podcast from the future. We're in in mid-February. I'm going to tell you a team. You're going to tell me why they failed, why they disappointed. Okay. Okay. Let's start it with Gonzaga. Why did they fail? Hmm. To, uh, they fail the same reason Texas failed a year ago. Too many guys. Too many guys. Too many. Too many dudes that like too many cooks in the kitchen. Too yep, much. Too, like not enough continuity. Too many mouths to feed. Yep. You look at their roster. They have like ten guys who could conceivably play, if not more. Mm-hmm. Like, and so, like, it's like you get distracted. You're like, oh, we have this guy. We have to get him on the floor. But you get him on the floor at the expense of someone who's in a good groove. Right, yeah. No, I I get that absolutely. Yeah. That that would make sense. I could see that happening. Yeah. 
One for one. All right, let's go. Why did Kentucky fail? Injuries. Notably, Sheboy. If Sheboy is just not, if Sheboy is severely eighty percent of Sheboy of last year, I think they probably fail. Yeah, and like they they've got guys. They they have a good amount of depth, but you know if you take Sheboy out of that lineup and you get rid of fifteen rebounds per game, you get rid of that defensive presence down low. It's just not the same Kentucky team. Why did North Carolina fail? Uh, Caleb Love shoots 25% and doesn't stop shooting. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, See last year, first half of the season, Caleb Love. That's my answer. God, that scares me. Oh, and Caleb Love against Kansas. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah, and Armando Baycott like has a floor buckle up underneath him again. Yeah, if that happens all season, then they're in trouble. But no, I mean, they clearly, obviously, they made a run, but they definitely had some luck along the way. I know Baylor had a couple guys out in that second round matchup. They got to play St. Peter's in the um, Elite Eight. Um, Jaime Jaquez wasn't fully healthy in this in the Sweet Sixteen, so they definitely had some luck along the way. And every team does. Every team that does it is going to need probably at least some luck along the way, unless it's just one of those ridiculous dominant runs. But no, yeah, yeah, I, I kind of, I'm kind of with you. Really, it, it is. Does is Caleb Love a 35% shooter again, and takes a ton of shots? Because if if that happens, I there's such that we'll talk about Carolina more later when when we have more time. But yeah, I, I'm with you on that. Why did Arkansas fail? They're not used to having a bunch of freshmen on the roster. Did they they played Texas, I think, in a secret scrimmage here, quote unquote secret. It was it was top secret. Got all the stats were posted though. And Arkansas had a shit ton of turnovers and played super shitty defense. Those are freshman mistake things. Like you bring an AAU team to a college basketball court and it's not gonna work. Like that style of just, you know, it, I'm trying to get a scholarship. You you did that perplexed look again. Like I, I'm imagining you're watching this game and like five people have just torn their ACL and have Ankles going the other way. No, Coastal Carolina just did like a double reverse back to the quarterback pass, and he hit a wide receiver for a 40-yard tutty, and the guy – I don't think there was a defender within 20 yards of him. This game is oh, a no. little drunk right now. <laughs> um, but, no, sometimes that just isn't – like the freshman thing just isn't a recipe for success, and it, especially if you're not used to it. Most of them is not used to this. Yeah, he, he's probably not used to it. And also, I mean – do you love the rest of Arkansas's team? I know we love the the three freshmen are all very highly rated, and everyone loves Nick Smith and and uh, who's the point guard Anthony Black. People are people are fired up about his kind of potential as a, a do it all kind of super utility dude. I don't know how much I like any of the vets. Like if you have a if you have a freshman reliant team, but you've got like good high quality rock solid veterans who even if they aren't quote-unquote NBA prospects or, like, all-conference level vets, but but they're just kind of quality dudes. You know what I mean? Like, think about that Duke team that won it in 2015 with, like, Okafor and and uh, and Justice Winslow. Um, they had Quinn Cook, who was who was a nice senior player. Emil Jefferson was, like, a, just a rock-solid vet. Matt Jones was just a rock-solid not, – not guys who anybody cares about, like, other than Duke fans – but like people that Duke fans identify as like, yeah, those we needed those guys. I don't know if Arkansas's vets are even on that caliber. You know what I mean? I'll tell you one thing. No matter what, I do think they'll be fun to watch. 
it's fun seeing a group full of freshmen just come in and sometimes you have it where it's clear that they're just dribbling the ball the the ball out of the air i almost said dribbling the air out of the ball and just trying to get their own so it is fun trying to see like those one-on-one skills but i do think there's just gonna be some growing pains to start the year yeah, it'll be it'll be fun in like a way that it's fun to watch like a drunk guy just drunkenly stumble out of a bar and stumble around looking for you know his keys or his car or whatever. Well, hopefully not his car, but you, you know what I mean. Like yeah. it's it's entertaining to watch just like drunken idiots be drunken idiots. Like I yeah. see Arkansas doing like that. Are are they this year's Memphis? I think they're better than that. I, I like okay. Musselman's coaching chops more than Penny's. And I, and I guess I'm wondering if, I, I guess I don't know enough about the Arkansas freshmen to assume any of them are as toxic as, as what Amani Bates and some of those other Memphis guys were, but no, I, I don't, but then again, Memphis was an eight seed. They turned it around eventually. So it wasn't like they were a complete truck fire, but I think they're going to be better than that, but they're ranked in the top 10 in the preseason, kind of like Memphis. So maybe that, maybe that is the team that they're, yep. maybe we can liken them to. Right. Why did Duke fail? John Shire is not John Shire's predecessor. He does not have the coaching cojones. He's a great recruiter, uh, much like Jeff Capel. And look at how Jeff Capel's been doing at Pittsburgh. So John Shire can't coach his way out of a paper bag. He yep. just got the job because basically he was the number three guy on the 2009 Duke team that won it with Nolan Smith and Kyle Singler. He's not actually that good of a coach. Yep. Okay. I, I dig it. I God, will say, like, you know, we, talk, we really rag on John Shire's predecessor quite a bit. The ability to year in and year out coach up a group of freshmen and be at that high of a level that many years. Like, there's, like, one year in there a couple years ago where they weren't good and they missed the tournament. But the majority of the time, like, they were great. In the yeah. one down there, yeah. So that's that the reason, that, the reason that we is, wouldn't hate them if they yeah, sucked every year. That that is tough to replicate every year with a group of freshmen. It is, it is. I mean, that, I mean, it's it's the same thing with Kentucky and, and Kansas. Isn't to that degree with freshmen, but like their bad years are, they're like a three seed. Yeah. You know, I mean, when was the last time Duke was lower than like a three or four seed? I feel like they're a one or a two, damn near every year. Yeah. And so all those people on Twitter saying that I just hate on John Shire's predecessor too often. Uh, you, you probably do. Screw you. You do obsess screw over it you. probably more than you should. Not true. But you're not wrong. <laughs> Why did Kansas fail? Too much to replace. Too much to replace. Yeah. Oshaya Baji is gone. Christian Brown is gone. Um, you know, we can see with these freshmen, they don't, I'm sure Grady Dick will be good, but uh, I guess I have no way of knowing if he's going to be able to like step on the scene and be great right away. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I just don't know. Like, it's like, we will have a better idea by like the end of, you know, November, mid December and how they're going to be. Um, but they just have too much to replace. And it's, and it's not like, I mean, they have three five stars, but not all five star recruits are created equal. I mean, Grady Dick, MJ Rice, and Ernest Uday are all in like the – aren't they all in basically like the 20 to 30 range of recruiting rankings? So right? like none so, of them so, are like – So like none of them are like top five, five. yeah. So, I mean, and so they, they wouldn't be the first 20 to 30 ranked recruits to take a year where they're not very good right away. Mm-hmm. Right. 
you know, and, and then the, and then the rest of Kansas guys, it feels kind of, remember we talked about Michigan state last year where it's like, they have a bunch of like just really great role players, but they don't have that one kind of game breaker type. I, and I, I think Kansas state could be, or Kansas could be like a, a better version of that kind of Michigan state problem where it's like, they got a, just a bunch of like Dewan Harris. We see Dewan Harris, like love Dewan Harris, the way that the way that he can kind of conduct the, the game and, 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 and played defensively and set the tempo and all those things. But like Dewan Harris is going to be like an eight points and five assist guy, like a, from a tangible production standpoint, Dewan Harris is a, I can never think of his freaking name. Kihei Aaron Clark. Kraft. Kihei Clark. Okay. Yeah. He's, 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 Probably yeah, he's like a souped up better Kihei Clark. Yeah. Okay. And then and I mean like Kevin McCuller, one of my favorite guys, but like Kevin McCuller is a really good third best player. Right? On a on a really on a seriously good team. Yeah. Jalen Wilson was what, the fourth best player for Kansas last year? He's probably got to be the best. Yeah, can can he make that jump? Wouldn't be the first guy that we think can make the jump and then doesn't. Yeah. So I I, I I actually think this one, out of all of them so far, I could see, I can picture this one maybe the clearest outside the Arkansas one, and the Caleb Love one. Sadly enough, <laughs> scares me. All right, there's still more teams. How many? How many oh, have we gone through? Yeah, we've got. Uh, why did Houston fail? They don't. They 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 didn't. They're gonna be good. They're fa- they're fail proof. Yeah, they're fail proof. Okay, good, no matter what. I like that. I, I don't have. I honestly don't have. I, I mean, injuries. They had a ton of injuries last year, but still, like they they were still great. Yeah, it's true. You can't even say injuries because they probably could get injured, and it's like, who cares? Yep. Why did Indiana fail? They're not that good. I think they're like they're propped up by a poor Big Ten. All right, I like it. That's all I have. Anything to yeah. add to that? I can't, I can't, I can't disagree. I think, it, okay. yeah, like they, they bring back basically the same guys. Um, maybe if I, I think, I think the if they fail, it's because a the two freshmen that they bring in aren't as good as we thought they would be, and maybe Tamar Bates doesn't take the freshman to sophomore jump that I think is required for them to take a team jump. I think I have another question I just came up with. Yes. I need to scroll a little bit bit back just to see something here. I'm merely trying to buy time so that you can come up with more questions. Okay. Keep keep talking. Okay. I think I have this. Okay. Um <clears throat> Don't fact check me on this. Um I believe the last time that the national championship has been from a non-power conference was 1990 UNLV were they in a, they weren't in a power conference at that time? Like that's the year we were born. Like we would have no clue. So I'm just gonna say that it was. Last okay. time was 1990. UNLV running rebels beat Duke by 30 points. Holy crap! That team was insane. Yeah, they yeah. were loaded. Larry now, Johnson, I believe, was on that team. Yeah. Now there's been some teams recently from that mid major level who have kind of crept up and gotten close. You know, Gonzaga's played in two national championships recently, lost them both. Houston is very steady. Just hasn't been able to get past that final hump to get into the national championship game. You see, I see San Diego State, another team that's very good year in and year out. Um, Dayton is another team ranked ranked to start the season. Is this the year that one of those mid-majors finally gets over the hump and wins a national championship? This kind of feels like basically the, oh my God, 
<laughs> Appalachian State kid just took the soul of a Coastal Carolina defensive back. Poor guy. Bet you that kid still talks trash, though, because that's what Probably. D-backs do. So annoying. Yeah. D-backs are like D-bags. <laughs> no kidding. God, yeah. it's so true. This feels like a will Gonzaga finally win the national championship type question. It could be Houston, too. It could, it could be Houston. Houston. It, it could, could be. be. I, I think yeah. realistically, those are the only two teams, right? I mean, I, I have a really, really hard time. I I want to talk about San Diego State more a little later. Okay. Um, Dayton's another team that really intrigues me, but let's face it. I think I don't see either one of those teams being a national championship contending type of quality team. Yeah, there's two main candidates for this question. Yeah. And God, when there's only two. So there's only two teams. If you're asking me, am I taking Gonzaga or the or the high major field? I guess I'm inclined to take the high major field. Fair. Um. Screw it. I'm going to say Gonzaga or Houston wins the national championship. You know, a great way to secure this this for sure happening is if they both just played in the national championship against each other. Do, do, do you know where the national championship is this year? I sure do. You do. Where is it? Houston, the worst city on earth. <laughs> yes, it is Houston. So if we get that, it, it'll be the whole, like that was for the Tampa Bay Bucks a couple of years ago, where it's like, can they win a title in their hometown? I don't know. Do it wouldn't be their home stadium, though. That was different. True. Is yeah. this They'll be playing at NRG. Yeah. Energy. Do you know who is from Houston? Michael Buble. No, I mean, he might be, I guess. There's a lot of people from Houston, but one person in particular... Hakeem Olajuwon, Clyde Drexler. Nope. Well, maybe, but I guess I'm not really sure. But okay. Not the answer I'm looking for. The answer is Jim Nance. Oh. He will be is calling he, his, he, final, yep. his final NCAA tournament. How does that make you feel? I have a note on this. I'm happy about it. You don't like him? Or no. or, or from the perspective of you're happy he can enjoy his retirement now? After no, season? I, I am not happy for him one bit. I don't like Jim Nance that much, so I'm, okay. I'm actually really happy about this. This was one of my just preseason notes. Who are your favorite broadcast teams? To be honest, Biggs, so I'm the type who um, I could be listening to a song, and it's a song I've heard a hundred times, and I like the song, and there's times where I couldn't tell you the singer of that song. That thing's kind of translates here. I could like be in 100% into a college basketball tournament game, the announcers and everything, and not be able to tell you who it is. Fair enough. Fair uh, enough. You, you like froze up on my screen. I literally thought you left, like left the room. Like in I've had it. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not doing this anymore. That was it. I'm done. I mean, just off the top of my head, um, Iron Eagle is the first one that comes to mind. Yeah, I have e- e- Eagle and, and Jim Spinarkle are, are my, my favorite ones. I'm a little sad because I do think Jim Nance is out, and I think Ian Eagle is the guy that's dubbed to replace him, basically stepping into that like A-listing job. Yep. But he's just going to – I feel like he's going to be working with Grant Hill and uh, and what's-his-face? Who's the old guy that – with the little kiss? Who's, wow, what's that guy's name? Uh, I love them all. I really do. I, and I Raftery. Raftery? Bill Raftery. And Can I feel I, like he's trying too hard to be Dookie V sometimes. Yeah. And so I, I don't know. I hope that, I hope that doesn't ruin Ian Eagle because I love Ian Eagle. He is he's as good as it gets. Can, can I say one thing about announcers? This is for a different sports. Um, sure. A lot of people hate on Joe Buck. I like him. I love Joe Buck. Okay. 
We're, we're insane there. I, I will say this. I don't love Joe Buck when he does Aaron Rodgers games because I do think he, he like, he, he oogles and ogles over him a little too much. Yep. Uh, part of that is probably fair because Aaron Rodgers does incredible things. But, you know, I have biases. I'm human. Every other thing Joe Buck does, I think he's awesome. He's great with baseball. He does he does a great job with most NFL games. He's one of the few announcers. This is the thing that I can't stand about Nance is he I know they're announcers and they're paid to talk, but god, Jim Nance treats it like he's a radio host and like every second of dead air is like the worst thing on on earth and he just he talks through everything. Think about that national championship. He was on the call when I know we want to forget about it, but when Chris Jenkins when Chris Jenkins knocked down the three to beat North Carolina and Jim Nance just talks and talks and talks and shouts his way through. It's like, shut the fuck up. Let the crowd do some talking for you. You don't like the moment is huge. You don't need to make the moment bigger with your talking. You know what I mean? Like that's just a, I mean that maybe that's just a personal flavor thing for me, but sometimes it's okay not to talk. And I, I think Joe Buck has mastered that. I will boil that down into very short sentence. Actually not short sentence. He, he lets the game breathe. And so yes. think, I, I, we, I, you and I have had this conversation before, I think, but the Minneapolis miracle game, Stefan Diggs um, down the sideline, that play, uh, if you haven't heard it, go back and listen, but it's, he goes, Diggs, sideline, touchdown, unbelievable, Vikings win. And then it's silence for over 30 seconds. It's amazing. Yeah. How do you not say anything in that moment? But at the same time, it's like, it's incredible that you don't. Right. He doesn't, he doesn't have to say anything. Let the, let the stadium, let the moment do the talking. Like nobody, I, yeah, I, I just think like there's too many, there's a lot of them who just, they'll, they'll just talk their way through it. Like Jim Nance wouldn't have talked, he would have talked for, he would have found a way to get like a, like a fucking speech involved like in there somehow. And yep. I don't know. It's, some people like that. Some people don't, I guess I'm, yep. that's my, that's my personal preference. And, and so I appreciate that Joe Buck lets it breathe. All right, we kind of got off of the rails here. Um, we started off with fun. Houston or the mid-major thing, which which led into Houston, which led into announcers, Stefan Diggs, Joe Buck, um, and now we're back to your question. Okay, new question. Question, question, question. Big question, 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 question. Oh, John, I have two question number fives. Oh gosh, ask both of them. Rapid fire. Well, we already talked about the first question, number five, but this is the big, big question, number five, 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 five. Okay. And it has to do with centers. Ciders? Like the beer? Centers, the five men. Oh, I heard ciders. Okay. Centers. I had Angry Orchard. I had an Angry Orchard the other day. I used to love Angry Orchard. They're okay. You get gut rot after two. I, I had one and I was like, whoa, this is not what I remember. No, too much sugar in them. I'm much of a, I'm much more of a sours guy now. Yeah, you do have a sour personality. Better than salty. There you go. The year of the five man. It's the year. It's the year of the big man. I don't really have a question. It's just more of a let's provide commentary on some of these bigs. Oscar Sheebway, Drew Timmy, Trace Jackson Davis, Armando Baycott, Hunter Dickinson, Adama Sanogo, Zach Eady, Cockbrenner from Creighton, Castleton from Florida. I put Azulis Tabellis on this list. Very good. Fardaz Imac, even though I'm not sure if he's going to actually play as much of the year as I wanted to. I got Johnny Broom, KJ Williams, the two transfers who are going to the SEC. Broom's going to Auburn. KJ Williams is going to LSU. Ooh, I put Tubelis twice. Oops. Well, no, there, there's another Tubelis, remember? His brother. 
Oh, they're that's twins. Fine. That's right. So yeah, how do you even so, know which one's which? Of course true. I put them twice. I'll talk about the better one. Okay. Coleman Hawkins from Illinois. And then obviously some some high-level freshmen. And Derek Lively, Kellel Ware from Oregon. And then Adem Bona, your favorite, even though you don't even know a. Um, <laughs> Did I leave any big men out of there? I'm sure I did, but what a what a crop of what a crop of bigs! Like talk De- about Derek Lively. Did you get Derek Lively in there? I did. Size okay. matters, my boy. Yeah. Is that your question? What a crop of bigs! I don't have a question. It's more of a let's just provide commentary on some of these big guys. They're very good and big. They are. Which ones are you? Yeah. Any of them are any of them you're particularly excited about watching? Armando Baycott. I Every game. Anybody else? <laughs> Uh, I'm curious to see with Coleman Hawkins, you know, we talked about him during that preview, just to see if he can take the next step, um, and see how he acclimates. Cause he did typically played more before role a year ago. He will be a five now to my knowledge. Um, so see how he acclimates to that. Um, you know, Trace Jackson Davis, obviously I'm more curious to see, like, could we have like a national, um, first team, all American team just with all centers. If you had, I mean, think about it. Timmy. I feel like he could play point guard. He kind of he kind of plays like a point guard. Could he be like uh, how Nikola Nikola Jokic is? Maybe. Maybe. Okay. I feel like he might. To be honest with you, like I, I guess I don't know. Gonzaga guards are probably going to be fine. They're going to pile up wins in the in the WCC no matter what. But like, it, could their best offense potentially be activating Timmy at the high post and like? Because that's the one thing I don't love about this Gonzaga team is I don't know if they're. I don't know if they do have like a dude at point guard. So maybe their best offense is. Yeah, I don't think that. I think they have like, it'll be like one of the twos running the point from what I remember. Right. They got a bunch of twos. They have like three, they have like four guys who are like 1.8s. You know what I mean? And so maybe their best offense is kind of get Timmy the ball in kind of the middle of the floor and just kind of orbit around that and, and let all those other guys go chase buckets. I don't know. I can kind of see that. I'm intrigued. I'm kind of intrigued by Tabellus. If Arizona is going to stay as a top, whatever they are, 15-ish team, win the Pac-12, I think he's got to be the guy that that takes another big step. He didn't. He got overshadowed last year by by Matherin and Coloco, and, and and you know Kirk Creesa gobbles up kind of attention just because of of just his his style. But I mean, if you think about think about Gonzaga teams. If we're going to kind of compare. The, the Arizona and the Gonzaga programs now are, are forever kind of, uh, you know, comparable because of their coaches and kind of their style of play. Gonzaga always has like an alpha big man every year. And, and it, it, can Tubelas kind of take that next step and be a 17 to 20 point a game guy for Arizona? I, I could see it. Uh, were you tossing over to me? I wasn't sure. <laughs> sure. No, Tabellus is very good, but no, like, just it is the year of the bigs, and I think with your moniker, um, you must be the most excited about that. Size matters. I'm yeah. here for it. Yeah. All right. I'm going to take places. this up. I'm going to take this opportunity, bigs. I told you before I had a hot take for the season. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, I was going to do research on this before, but I forgot to. Um, aka I didn't want to. Um, but last year's Final Four consisted of Kansas, Carolina, Duke, Villanova. And if you remember, like 
just a legendary final four like all either blue bloods or has a case to be a blue blood now my hot take here bigs because there's some talent with these teams again this year and i'm not sure this is like the research i want to do i want to see like how often this happens what i'm about to say but i forgot to so if i'm out of line on this hot take and if it isn't a hot take feel free to say so but this is my hot take there will be two at least two returning final four teams this year don't know who they are but there will be two of them so 50 percent of last year's final four will return yes carolina kansas duke nova yes well i mean god nope. just look at the i mean i know preseason rankings aren't everything but carolina's one yep. kansas is five duke is what seven, seven. yep and Villanova is like 16, I think. Yep. Damn, you're good. So you got a pretty good, pretty good chance that at least a couple of those teams will be in the mix. Mm-hmm. But for two to make it, that's what I, I want to research this and has see. happened a couple times recently. Yeah, I'd be curious. Like, say in the last 25 years, how many times it's happened? Without doing any research, I'm going to say at least five. Five times it's happened. Yeah. Let me see. Let me see if I can just get a list of Final Four teams by year and come up with it. Um, I'm thinking like the years that stick out to me like right away. There were a couple years there where UCLA made like three in a row, and at the same time, I'm pretty sure Florida made they won two in a row. I know they beat UCLA in one of those, and then I I wouldn't be surprised if UCLA and Florida. How about the year Carolina won it? The year before they had gotten there. So Carolina won it in 09. They were there the year before. Uh, out of the other three teams, Michigan State, UConn, Villanova. Uh, maybe not. More the year there the year before. Well, what about the year after? But Florida, UCLA. Michigan State um, got there the year after. 2006, 2007, uh, Florida and UCLA. Um, so, oh, I see what you're saying. Um, nope, not that year because the other three are Duke, Butler, and West Virginia. That, that's okay. 2010. Yep. Maybe not then. So we found one so far. Okay. I should have done research on this. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's not five then. Yeah. I I see the one so far that okay. that's the Florida UCLA because did they did they play? No, they did not play both years. They played one. I see. Yep. Who made the final four of the year that? Oh, it was Gonzaga, Baylor, UCLA, and. Houston. Yeah, none of those teams got back there. No. Jeez. So, I feel like it's a tough thing to have happen. Yeah, I think so, too. So, hot take? Is that hot take worthy? That one, that this year it will happen? Yes. Yeah, I would say that's, that's, that's a pretty, that's, that's got some heat on it, I would say. Yeah. Jeez, Minnesota made it in 97? Uh, yeah, but that might have gotten, that might have gotten stripped. Vacated? I think so. Yeah. I see there's an asterisk next to the name here. Yeah. Oh, I see uh, 98 and 97, both North Carolina and Kentucky. Uh, both those years, which 97, that's like right on the edge of 25 years. So I actually started off with it. Nice. So in the last 25 tournaments. Yeah. Well, we can always add this. This upcoming year will be like 25 tournaments ago because of stupid pandemic. Yeah. Um, so what are we at, two now? Yeah, that might be it. Yeah, it's what I'm coming up with. Which I feel like that would have been my guess. If you if you're like, hey John, guess how many times this has happened in twenty five years? I'd be like two. 
I would, so, I would, I'd probably agree with you on that. So kudos to me. All right. How about this? Yeah. What's your next question? Topic? Uh, you just want to flex on camera, maybe? There you go. Thank you. Yeah. Four teams from the preseason top twenty-five last year missed the NCAA tournament. Okay. Oregon, Florida State, St. Bonaventure, Virginia were all ranked in the top 25 of the preseason last year and missed the NCAA tournament. Michigan, Texas, Memphis were all ranked in the top 12 and were hugely disappointing. Syracuse, BYU, Mississippi State, Colorado, Louisville, Belmont, and St. John's were all in the receiving votes category and busted. Which highly rated teams, going off of the NCAA college basketball preseason rankings, have the most bustability? Would you like to? Would you like so, me to read you some of the top teams? I'm. I have the rankings on my screen. Are we going based off AP top twenty-five? Yes. Okay. So out of the top five, I don't see much bust potential. I could see Kansas not. I could see Kansas underwhelming quite a bit. Don't yeah. Don't know if I'd full on call them a bust. Agreed. Uh, six through ten, I see Baylor, Duke, UCLA, Creighton, Arkansas. I could see. I don't know. I think UCLA, maybe. I know you're a big Jaime Hawkins fan. I think you kind of think that they're going to be better without Juicing, essentially. But I could definitely see them take a slight step back. Thin margin um, for error. I mean, they're they're top heavy. Yeah. Creighton is definitely a risky team to be high on, I feel. You know, we're kind of just banking on them having a bunch of guys returning, which isn't always a recipe for, for success. Um, so they're a candidate for that. Um, Arkansas... Who knows? It's. I think they'll be good though. Uh, Tennessee, Texas, Indiana, TCU, Auburn. I think Indiana is a logical choice there. Also TCU. We talk about TCU and like if they didn't have that near win against Arizona like last year, what mm-hmm. do we talk about? So they're they're definitely a candidate to. They could even be bus potential bigs. I think yeah. so too. I mean, they lost yeah. they lost thirteen games last year. It's yeah. not a program that is like. I know these guys aren't. They don't. Play, they haven't played for TCU for more than probably a couple of years. You know the dudes that are on the team, but I mean, let's be honest. John TCU is not a team that you associate usually in the tournament. It wouldn't be like that surprising if TCU was just kind of they just kind of faded into the background of college basketball this year, wouldn't it? Yep, I I could definitely see that happening. How about Nova? Uh, that's the next one we're at here. So. I mean, just kind of think about the the guys on their team. The and, best player and, on the, the best player on the team is done for basically what should probably be the entire year with an Achilles tear. Yep. The the second best player on the team is a freshman who, who knows when he's going to be back? Did he just did he injure his foot? Uh something like that. Okay, so the the next best player on the team is a, a fifth year senior who has a fourth year senior average of like seven and a half eight points a game. Is there yeah. a breakout there after after four years of just being kind of okay? And it's like you said, is it just because it's Villanova on the front of the jersey? And they have a first-year head coach, so it's like, I don't know. Definitely yeah. bust potential. And the Big East, I think, is is going to be solid. So yeah. I would not be surprised if Villanova was one of those teams that just kind of has one of these forgettable, we've got to rebuild a little bit, and, and not a we don't reload. This is the year we don't reload. We actually have to kind of, we have to kind of go through it a little bit. Could you see Villanova in the Big East tournament being – a six seed. Absolutely. Okay. I think we're on the same page. Then. We're okay. haters. Yep. Uh, let's see. Who, 
top 20, round out that. Arizona, Virginia, San Diego State, Bama. I could definitely see Virginia just being fraudulent. Um, Oregon, Michigan, Illinois, Dayton, Texas Tech. I don't have too much concern with those ones. I could see not, Texas not Tech too. busting hard because they just have so many new guys. And we talked about this on the Big 12 pod, but you know, the system, they they just kind of believe like we're just gonna plug any old person into this system and make them good defenders. And eventually there's a threshold for that though. You know, I I compared it to like the Green Bay Packers just thinking we can plug we could put we could put bigs and smalls at wide receiver and Aaron Rodgers is oh, gonna make would them dominate. Yeah, we would. We yeah. would. You're right. Never mind. Yeah. Yeah. That was a stupid comparison. But they they obviously don't have good receivers because it's actually no this we, guy. We, Biggs, and... we we would be held back by their offense. Actually, never mind. They they suck. You're right. Offensive coordinator uh, doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah. Never mind. We we would suck, but it would be our fault. Great point. I'm back uh, in on Texas okay. Tech. Okay. Perfect. Sweet. <laughs> uh, any that I missed there that you think are gonna be bust or underwhelm? Yeah, the highest. I think we we identify the teams with the highest bust potential, the most bustability. I would say I would still say like it hurts me because I also I think the variance on Alabama is I think they could win the SEC. I could also see them being a team that like needs to win two games in the SEC tournament to get into the NCAA tournament. I, I could see them just being weird. Yeah, they just got they got destroyed by TCU in one of those quote unquote secret scrimmages. Not good. And I, I struggle with. Do we actually care about those or don't we? I think we care about them when it's a good thing, right? So, man, Tennessee looks amazing because they crushed Gonzaga. But, you know, for Gonzaga's perspective, it's, it's just a secret scrimmage. Who cares? Yep. So, it depends on your perspective. How about some of these teams then in the others receiving votes category? Because these are teams that we consider top 35-ish quality teams. These are teams that should be very good. Texas A&M, UConn, Miami, Purdue. I think Purdue is going to suck. You think Purdue might suck? Yeah. I kind of do too. I don't I can't name a guard on their team. They got Brandon Newman, who no. was good like three years ago. I think they're underestimating the Jaden Ivy. I they're probably not underestimating the Jaden Ivy loss. He was amazing. Um But I think that they think that they can replace him a lot easier than it will be. I could see that. I could see that. How about this uh this next crop? St. Louis, Michigan State, Florida State, Xavier. I'm kind of high on all those teams. I think those teams will exceed expectations to Ooh. to turn this uh, this uh, fa- this part of the podcast on its head. They're they're going to be all all four of them will be ranked by the, the end of the year. Okay, In which the, one will be the highest? Florida State. I'm kind of in on Florida State too. I'm they're, just Florida, they're just Florida State. My second guess would be Michigan State. Yeah. Heard good things out of their uh, their practices from John Rothstein, but John Rothstein also says amazing things about every team. Does he have Does he have secret moles in the in the uh, in the program? I think he. Is, I think he goes on this like tour as like preseason practices are starting and watches them. Yeah, because he always and then he he's got his can tweet where it's prediction on starting five and it's players one two three four and five you know insert player and then it's buy stock yeah <laughs> well-placed moles have told me that insert player is going to be a breakout guy buy stock yep jade nakins i saw that tweet yeah I'm, you, I'm in on jade nakins yeah it, it's a name that sounds like he's going to be amazing 
Well, it should be Atkins for one. That that always throws me off. There should be a T in there. I don't. The name Akins is just kind of it's just different, you know. Yeah, it's either Atkins or Acres. Like, Acres. Yeah, yeah, like David Acres. Right. Yeah. How about Wyoming, Ohio State, Iowa, Rutgers? Heavy on the Big Ten. A lot of others receiving votes. Big Ten teams. Uh, bus potential: Ohio State, Iowa, Rutgers. You're just a Big Ten. Earlier in this pod, I, I was about to accuse you of being a Big Ten stan, and this is the John that I know and love. When was I stan? What did I say earlier? You said when something just... about Big Ten teams that you're like, man, I love the Big Ten. And I was like, you seem like a Big Ten stan right now. I don't remember this at all. You said something, but I don't remember it either. We'll probably cut that out. As Titus would say, release the tapes. Yeah. <laughs> you control the tapes. <laughs> I do. Florida, USC. Oh, Toledo got a vote. That's got to be the whoever the coach. Actually, not the coach. Whoever the beat writer is. Yeah, Toledo. Toledo's like student newspaper was like, "Hey, yeah. I think this team could be good." Yeah. All right. Oh, cool. Florida. Oh, I thought you were gonna go off more teams. So, so Florida, USC, Toledo. Uh, Toledo's oh, bus, bus potential. Uh, just Toledo. Okay. Yeah. USC because they're in a mid-major conference. I could see them busting. And their five-star big man is like, I think he's. Does he have? What happened to their five-star big man? I, I hesitate to like, feel like he has like cancer or something. Oh, wow. Vincent, what's his name? Uchukwu? Vincent Iwachukwu says he suffered a cardiac arrest. Okay, so maybe he has like a heart. He has like a heart issue. Yeah. Three months after, this is a month ago, three months after collapsing, Vincent Uwachuku inches towards possible return. Says he's so, feeling great here. Okay. That, that, uh, that's worthy news. We, we might have to go back and do our Pac-12 pod. Do we really want to go back and revisit a mid-major pod? That's true. Yeah, the I don't know. Mid-ma- just, the only mid-major team we actually gave a full pod to. That concerns me. So, I mean, like, that's – and I, I don't know what he was projected to be anyway, but, I mean, they, they lose a couple of bigs, like – he was probably in theory going to be a, a high level guy or expected to be counted on. That's concerning, but yeah. they play in a mid major where they could potentially be, they, they get to beat up on other crap teams. Basically. All right, cool. That was uh, that was fun. Memphis, Notre Dame, UAB. Oh, you wanted to finish that off. All right. I was cutting yeah. that short. We're so close. Uh, Notre Dame, because I'm wondering, I think they'll be fun, but I don't think they're going to play a lick of defense. They're going to be great. They're going to be ranked for the majority of the season. All right. You realize they're going to, they're playing in a loaded ACC. It's going to be tough when you're playing against Carolina and Virginia and Duke and Florida state and Miami and Virginia. And Miami. How are they going to, how are they going to get all these wins? It's an opportunity for quality wins, Biggs. It's like the big 10, the big 10 media machine basically. Okay. Okay. I, I'm right. here for it. What do you got next? Most intriguing teams. Okay. I have a list here of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, And we don't have to talk about every single one of them. Cause we have kind of litigated about some every of them single already. one of them. Yep. Huh? We have talked about every single one of them on our preview pods. Not yet. Uh, Pre- maybe preview pods. Yeah. Most of them. Okay. And feel free to throw in an intriguing team. This is just my personal flavor here. Okay. Notre Dame. All right. I have Notre Dame. Oh, perfect. Let's talk about that. Okay. I said might not be good, but they should be fun. 
They can shoot, and I like teams that can shoot. Yeah, I like Dane Goodwin. He's back. Yep. I think he's solid. I'm intrigued to see if their two freshmen do the kind of damage that I think they can do. Yep. Nate Lashevsky. Nate Lashevsky's back, although is he good or is he just a like stretch four that can shoot it? Yes. He only averaged like eight points a game last year. I'm wondering like why. Very efficient though. Very efficient though. Was he? Yes. Okay. I'm an efficiency guy. Okay. They're going to be in a lot of probably like 80 point plus games because again, they're not going to play any defense, but you're right. They can, they can pile up points. So I think they'll be fun. Okay. Frisky. I'm lower on them than you are. I think you definitely are, but I am high in that. I think they'll be fun. I think another team that could be fun and I think could be better is the team that Notre Dame ended the season of last year, and that's Alabama. We've talked about them a little bit already. Tons of on-paper talent, and I put talent in quotations. I'm just intrigued, John. I think the variance on them is I think they could win the SEC. I could also see them busting hard. What are what way are you leaning on them if you had to pick one extreme? Well, one thing you have to realize here, Biggs, is they have some high expectations. They were on Smalls's tier A as part of the SEC podcast preview. Yeah, they were. Yeah, you don't just so, get to be on that tier by on chance. Alone. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah, uh, but no, I could see it, especially like if they because what did we say Quinterly's timetable is? Is he is he gonna play? I think they're the 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 hope is that he's by conference play, so call it January. Okay, so like if they can just gut out non-conference season. Um, they do have some solid guys. Jaden Bradley's an incoming freshman who's very talented. Um, Mark Sears coming over from Ohio to sort of round out the backcourt, at least to start the year. Um, Charles Bidiaco was a very highly rated freshman from a year ago. Um, so if he could take a step forward this year and like, you know, he was six and four a year ago in 17 minutes. If he can get more minutes and be more productive, like, could you see him being 12 and 8, 10 and 8? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's going to help. Um, then Brandon Miller. I'm not, is Brandon Miller a highly rated freshman? I don't remember. Yeah, he's the highly he's the highest rated one. Uh, oh, so he's above Jaden Bradley. He's, he's probably going to be their like, leading scorer. His scoring package is legit. I mean, he is an offensive dynamo. It's like a 6'7", six, 6'8", six, kind of swingman type. He's been... He's been getting some huge reviews in terms of, like, I think he'll be kind of their go-to guy. But mm-hmm. the questions on him are, he's not always locked in. Okay. Defense is not exactly a strength. So just looking forward to if Javon Quinley comes back and is healthy and is, um, you know, the old Javon Quinley. A starting five come tournament time of Mark Sears, Jaden Bradley, Javon Quinley, Brandon Miller, and Charles Bediaco. Sign me up for that. Yeah, and you're and you're not even talking like Dom Welch is on the team, the transfer from Bonaventure who can who can shoot it, the guard, and Dom, uh, who's the who's the foreman that they had starting last year? No, Gurley? Noah, Noah Gurley. Gurley's back. They had another. Who's the kid that transferred in? Namari Burnett, another kind yep. of guard type. Yep. Who's the they had Darius Miles Jr. Who had so he kind of popped a little bit at times last year. Yep. 
Uh, this is this is basically the team that I'm looking at, and I'm like, I this I need to stop getting all excited about how many. You're guys talking yourself teams. in. You're ta- you're talking yourself but, into them. But yeah, I'm I'm like taking the bait. I'm falling for it, and I'm just like, damn, how can this team not be really good? Yeah. And there's just some there's something still that feels combustible about them, though. It is nice that Alabama finally has something like a sports team that they can look forward to. So that's good. Yeah, I mean, after losing to Georgia in the national championship game, it's just really been all downhill for them. Georgia yeah. broke Bama's program. Yeah. Good on your dogs. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Oh, my big dog just got – he looked at me like, we doing this? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm saving, I'm trying to save his energy for Saturday because we got to be really – got to be – they need us Saturday. Perfect. All right, we talked about Florida State. I'm intrigued just by, just from the sense that we are used to Florida State being very good. They've gotten to the point. Last year, we we went into the year thinking, like, not really sure who's on this Florida State team, but they're just one of those teams you can kind of pencil in to be up there because we live in a world where Florida State is always very good. And they weren't very good. So, as TNT always say, blip or bomb? Was Florida State's season last year a blip or a bomb? again when they got Matthew Cleveland big on him really excited about him Jalen Warley is back after a, a disappointing freshman year but you you know what you always say about those freshmen um, uh, they eventually they become sophomores and then they become amazing so maybe that'll happen for him Caleb Mills the guy you like they're also just going to be absolutely enormous so there's something to be said about just having in a, in a college basketball world where big guys are all the rage they might have like the biggest team out of anybody. They're so young. They, they are really young. One, two, three, four, five, six freshmen. Yep. And like not not all of them are gonna play. I get that, but God, they're so young. But they might all play. I guess, you know. I see five There's thirteen guys. Thirteen guys, half of them freshmen. Um but one thing that you can never say about Florida State is that the guys don't get minutes because literally everyone plays. So Caleb, they'll, they'll be they'll be extremely Florida Statey. So just a, they have a solid core here. Caleb Mills, Matthew Cleveland. Um, are we sure Cameron Fletcher's good? No, I, okay. I do think I think he's like fine though. Okay. Uh, Naheem McLeod, four and two, but only in like eleven minutes per game a year ago. Yeah, it's not bad. Um. What was the question is? Are they frisky? Is that their question? Well, well, no, I, I'm just, I'm just saying, are we like, was last year, was last year the oh, trend or the mirage? Way. Mirage. They're going to be good again. All right. You're in. I'm in. Noel up. I'm in on Florida state. E miss. All right. Dayton, another team I'm intrigued by just from the idea that if we, I, I'm just taking Gonzaga and Houston out of this equation because they don't operate like mid majors. Is Dayton going to be the best mid-major again? They were the best mid-major probably two years ago, right? Or no, three, whatever year it was that the dumb pandemic ruined our season. Dumbest pandemic in my lifetime. Yeah, like, is there a chance Dayton is just back as the best mid-major in the country? Yes, there is that chance. Because they have whoa, they whoa, have whoa, 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 Who are we calling a mid-major here? Are we calling, like, Gonzaga... Houston a mid-major? No, I, I said I, I'm taking those teams out of the equation because okay, they don't perfect. operate like mid-majors. Okay, perfect. So, yes. Our, I mean, I guess UCLA. There is a chance. There. 
there's a chance. Uh, you know, that title will be between them and San Diego State. Um, and there's obviously some other ones we could probably Wyoming we could toss in there. Um, there's a chance that they are better than San Diego State. Yes. Let's talk about San Diego State then too, because I had them on my intriguing list, and and it's more of like a, I'm trying to do some reflection here in that. When we talked about them during the pod, I said, I don't know how this team is ranked so high. I, I was just listening to to the the CBS guys, and Norlander is like, oh, he had them ranked, I think, in his in his like top 10. He's all the way in on San Diego State. And I'm thinking to myself, maybe I'm am I just missing something with San Diego State? Why am I not higher on them than everybody? Like, why am I so low compared to everyone else? Talk me into San Diego State being the best mid-major then. They're the best mid major. Talk talk me into why. Oh, uh, oh, I wasn't just supposed to say it. No, talk talk me into oh. it. Make me believe it. Um, uh, you know, Matt Bradley was he was at Cal before goes over San Diego State a year ago. Buff guy very, that can shoot. There's not a lot of those. Had a very solid solid season. Seventeen and six. Um, uh, kind of at that wing spot there. Um, are you high on Darian Trammell from transfers from from Seattle? Do you know much He's about a, him? He, he gets buckets. Is, is he okay? I, I can but, see him being solid. Yeah. Like, like whenever I, yeah, that you have like five words. It's solid. Um, He's okay. Uh, Haas is another one of yours. If the guy I don't think muscular. he's a Haas. Okay. Um, And then bucket is another one. He's, I, he might be a bucket. Okay. So that's four. There's gotta be a fifth one in there that you like to use a lot. He's decent. Okay. <laughs> So he's a bucket. All right. What is okay. that on a scale of one to five? That bucket might be two. Okay is one. Haas is like, that's got to be five, right? Are we going to start using code? Like just like, uh, not, yeah, yeah codes. Like We're whenever I say, I, I'm going to be like, language. I'm going to say, I'm going to say Matt Bradley and like Haas is four. And you're going to say four. He's a Haas and a half. No, so he's but, you're, but you're, but you're going to say four instead of a Haas. Yeah. Save some time that way. What was the question again? We get Why is San Diego State so good? <laughs> Why am I not higher on them? Talk me into them. I think it's because you're a hater. Why don't you like them? Yeah, maybe it's because I'm one of these boomers. I I, I, I want to see offense. You know, like, you know, maybe that's what it is. San Diego State doesn't play any offense, and I just want to see teams that score. What would you rather have a team mid-major level excel at, though? Offense or defense? Yeah, offense. That was a stupid question. No, I mean that, that it, it, tournament success is definitely equated to pace and defense when it comes to the mid-major teams. Uh, no, I, 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 I will say this: I know they're going to be really good defensively. Um, they obviously were like one of the top ten defensive teams in the country last year. They're always one of the top defensive teams in the country. Nathan Mensa anchors the whole thing. They're big guy. He's in a in a we're very big man heavy, but like Nathan Mensa could be a guy that holds up against all of those big time defensive guys. If they, if they play any in like a tournament setting, Bradley can get buckets. Trammell is a literal bucket. So that helps. They have some, they have some up transfers, I think who can like play pieces, but I don't know. I'm just, I'm thinking like I'm, I'm continuing, like I'm taking like next level on the unpacking of like, this is maybe an extension of like, we talked about Creighton and a reason to doubt them and TCU is that, we're hyped on them because they lost in a second round game to a one seed, right? Well, San Diego State lost the first round game to the team that lost in the second round to, uh, a close game to the one seed. San Diego State lost to Creighton, so maybe, maybe if San Diego State would have beaten Creighton and then almost lost to Kansas, would we have San Diego State in the top ten? 
maybe. You know, what, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I'm going, I'm going like I'm like. But is that an argument for San Diego State or maybe. an argument against? That depends on the perspective. If you're yeah. against, uh, if you're against Creighton because we're like, hey, they're actually not that good. We just like them because they lost to a team in the second round that was close. Maybe what what a world we live in, <laughs> CCO. We like them because they lost to Arizona. It's a high. That's a quality <laughs> loss. Yeah. <laughs> I love San it. San Diego State, we like them because they almost beat the team that almost beat Kansas in the second round. There's nothing better than just overanalyzing shit. <laughs> oh, man. That is good. I got a couple more. Okay. Um, we're at, we're at hour 12 here. We're doing, we're actually doing pretty good here. We are. And I, yeah. I got I want to, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go in like ascending order. So this is a team that I'm, intrigued by but not as intrigued by the next couple teams that i name and it's loyola chicago we haven't talked about them much we kind of brushed over them in our a10 preview but they bring back a ton of guys loyola chicago first year in the a10 sister Jean still is alive to my knowledge i think so they bring back four like solid no one two yeah four regular rotation guys Braden norris marquise kennedy are their starting their starting guards they also bring in three transfers. Bryce Golden was a was a double digit scorer at Butler. He's down transferring. Sheldon Edwards was a, as an all Missouri Valley guy at Valpo, and he's just like, hey, Loyola Chicago. He's like he's like jumping on the, the 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 bus as it's leaving the station, and he's like, all right, I'm jumping on the team. That's one of those can't beat them, join them things. But then they're going to the A10, so that's interesting. Mm-hmm. And then Jamerrill Wilson from Lehigh was a double-figure scorer. So they bring in three guys who are down-slash-sideways transfers. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I think the A-10 is going to be solid with, with Dayton and, and St. Louis. We talk about them a ton. Is there a chance that Loyola Chicago just comes in and and makes noise right away? Probably. Like, they have the pedigree of just winning, so that's good. Did we talk about how long Drew Valentine's going to be at Loyola for? Like, yes. do, we, do we think he's there for three and a half years over? Because he's this will be his second season, correct? Correct. Okay, uh, less than five years. So you're taking the over if you, under. If, if you told me five, if you told me four and a half, I would say under. If you told under. me three and a half, that's where it gets tough. Yeah, it depends on the the. I would go over. Choose. I would go over. I would go over on that. Okay, so you so think he's there for three more years and then four he's out. years? Yeah, four years total, three years from now. Yes, I could see that. I could see it. Maybe realistically, I do think. I think they could potentially make some noise, but th- this will be a great kind of. Um, this will be a great exercise in kind of being able to compare mid-major conferences because I feel like we don't really have a great handle on that. What's the difference between the Missouri Valley and the A10? Yeah, good exercise we're gonna there. Find out. We're gonna see like where they at, um, where they are at on the hierarchy. Yeah, hierarchy. Like they, Holy crap! If they're a top four team in the A10, I think we can reasonably say the Missouri Valley is 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 maybe right up there in terms of like we have our power six, and then I I think it's it's widely considered that like you've got the WCC, the A10, and uh, the Mountain West as kind of your next three. Like those are the top three mid majors, right? Yeah. And then I think it's and then it's probably Missouri Valley, maybe. I would agree with that. Okay. Okay. Next most intriguing team. And this is maybe perhaps the most intriguing team, and I'm just gonna maybe give you the floor here. 
I'll, I'll, I'll maybe make one comment. And I have North Carolina as one of my most intriguing teams. And it's not because I'm a North Carolina fan. I am. But I also find them really intriguing in this sense that I talk about the the level of like variance that I think Bama could have. I could see the variance going kind of to the throttle with North Carolina. I could I would not surprise me if we look up and North Carolina is looking like what team was it that went and won Maui? Uh, was that the 2017 team that just absolutely destroyed everyone? Yeah, in the and then yeah. they they won the national championship. Yep, yep. I could see this North Carolina team coming out and looking like holy shit. This is exactly what we thought the preseason number one team should look like. They are so good. They're way better than everybody else. They have, they they look like a team that break, that brings back four starters. They crush teams and they look incredible. I I could also see them falling flat on their face. And if you had to give me like a percentage, like I could see it being like sixty five percent. I could see them being dominant, and then there's like a thirty five percent of I could see them just busting and not being god awful. But you know what I mean, just like. Mm-hmm. Like what? What? Sad trombone. So I'm in, I'm just intrigued by the variance of North Carolina. Might as well comment on that. Yeah, go ahead and talk. Now this is your this yeah. is your team. You know them better than <clears throat> I do. Even. All right, so go for it. So we're at an hour sixteen right now. Let's see how long I can squeeze this into. Yeah. Um. So sixty five percent. You think they're gonna be amazing, and as advertised, thirty five they fall flat on the face essentially. I think there's a better chance that they're really good than bad, but I guess okay. there's still a better chance that they're yes. bad than some of the other really good teams, if that makes sense. Okay. I think they are going to be really good. Um, you know, they return most of their starting five. I am curious to see. I think there's this idea that they're going to plug in Pete Nance to the Brady Menex spot, and it's just going to be seamless because they're the exact same player. But they're not the exact same player. Um, Nowhere close. Yeah, nowhere close. So get that idea out of your head if you think that's just going to be a plug and play, like one hundred percent. Like you, you can't. Like you see uh, Pete Nance, or like you're watching the game and you have to take do like a double take because at first think it's Brady Manic, but then it's actually Pete Nance. That's not going to happen. They don't um, look. They don't look very similar. Yeah, but like, <laughs> so but like the very first possession, Pete Nance like hits a three. And it's like whoa, Brady Manic still here? Oh, never mind. Damn it. Um. But so it's gonna be interesting to see if Pete Nance is able to uh, get himself, you know, meshing with the rest of the guys the way in the way that Brady Manic was a year ago because that was honestly very impressive. Um, where I am more excited is that they do have more depth and more freedom with uh, lineups this year. I think um, Seth Trimble is a freshman who should get some run uh, from the guard spot. Uh, Puff Johnson uh, had his moments towards the end of last year, including the national championship game where he played well. So he's another depth piece for him. Could um, he be a breakout guy? You think? I mean, he's going to be a. He, for all intents and purposes, this is his third year of college. For all for a lot of these guys, it's now they're in the program. They've been in the program. Could 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 he be a breakout guy? He could. It kind of depends. He take that starting job. I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. I think he's more of a three and D off the bench kind of guy. Could he be by the time we look up late in the year being like a maybe he comes off the bench but he plays twenty five minutes a game still? He could, yes. That That's, could I be could it. see that. Yeah. And He's he could like average nine to ten point a game. Like I was gonna say a breakout for him is like seven to eight. Nine to ten would be just give him a national championship at that point if he's averaging 9 or 10 off the bench. He's He's got to be able to actually shoot, though, because his three-point yeah. percentage, for some it does not match like what his reputation was coming out of school. 
am I am I the only guy who thinks just because he's Cam Johnson's brother, he's automatically an amazing amazing shooter? I, I I fall into that trap. I think most of the recruiting analysts do too. I mean, he was a yeah. top fifty recruit who's dubbed as a guy who can shoot it. Yeah, it's just like Bronny James is the next superstar because he's LeBron James' son. Who's that? Bronny James. I don't even know who that is. Oh, LeBron. I see what you're doing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But then I think we talked about this. Like the nice thing about Pete Nance, though, is that he does have the ability to play the five, um, which Brady Manic Manic could, but not effectively. He cannot box out um, David McCormick in the national championship after Baycott got hurt. So you saw that. And they they also have another freshman big man named uh, Jalen Washington, who he's hurt now. Um, I think he's practicing. Um, but who knows how effective he'll be. But I expect be nothing a, out of him. You don't think so? No. I, I guess okay. if I were if I were like betting on like a minute distribution when it matters, Baycott's like 30. Nance is probably like 25. Dontrez Styles is probably like 12. Yeah. And then Puff Johnson probably plays a little bit in like a, maybe a small ball situation kind of lineup. Yeah. So to answer your original question, I, I'm leaning definitely more towards the side of they are going to be very good. Um, but is that national championship good? Um, you know, if the chips fall where they may, then yeah, it could be. What do you expect out of the two guards? As far as production wise or something else. Let's just go on vibes. Cause last year, you know, we watched them when they got their asses kicked by Kentucky. I think both of us were like, we're done with these two. Mm-hmm. And then they made the championship game and we're like, these two are awesome. And they've grown a ton. Well, when did, when did they kind of make the switch to where RJ Davis was the point guard and Caleb Love was two guard? See, you're probably better at identifying that than I was. I, I feel like that it's not like, they didn't, they, didn't like they didn't play together before that. What's that? It's not like they didn't play together before, like February second or whatever. Whenever the Torvik rankings came out, I mean, then- they they played together, but I think there's a point in the season where they definitely said, "No, RJ, you're the point guard. Caleb, you're the shooting guard now." And I think they actually played less together than you might have think um, their freshman year because RJ Davis kind of got benched that year. Um, Curran Walton was a two guard that year, right? But I mean, RJ Davis still played a lot of minutes. He did. Yeah, but like not as much as you might think based on last year. Sure. Yeah. I, I, I guess I just think last year, like, I don't, I don't remember. Like, is it, is it something where they literally are like, RJ, you're, I, I don't think it's 2K where it's like, RJ, you're the one you dribble it up. Caleb, he'll, you'll get the pass and then you'll shoot it. I guess maybe, but I feel like they're what? both kind of combo guards in that they both can, they both can get it. They can catch it on an outlet. They can initiate offense. They can both shoot. RJ Davis is more of a, facilitator decision maker although he shoots yeah. it plenty uh, and Caleb Love is much more of a I'm just gonna go hunt shots and I, I, I don't know like I, I'm just I don't remember that switch being an obvious thing like they, they always play together they share the floor a lot of their offense is side screen and roll and both those guys play in plenty of ball screen situations so I don't know but I'm just I'm curious what the vibes are gonna be with those two because obviously the way they played late in the year was Amazing. Amazing. Yeah, it was awesome. What, what, what if it's something as simple as, like, um, say, RJ Davis had a party at a, his apartment and didn't invite Caleb, and, like, that was at the start of the year, and Caleb took offense to that, but then, like, they made, they, 
like, like they mended the bridge later in the year, and then that that's all it took. Yeah, maybe maybe like maybe one of RJ's good friends is like maybe his study partner is like uh, is like this hot chick, and Caleb was like nervous to go talk to her, and, and like RJ was kind of like thinking like I don't want to give her I don't want to give her his number because I want to see if I got a shot, and then he's yeah. like you know what no I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the assist in real life, um, and then give also give you the assist on the basketball court. Caleb, like he wants to kind of talk to you and see what's up. Yeah, so that was checking in on the vibes with Pixel Smalls. Yeah, I'm intrigued. I guess that's maybe the biggest thing about they go as the North Carolina guards go. That's not that's not really breaking news. I think we can we we can pencil in Baycott as their best player in terms of he's going to be 16 points, 12 rebounds. He's going to get production. He's going to be like putting up numbers, but he can put up numbers and the team cannot be good. Like he put up numbers last year and the team wasn't good the first half of the year. His numbers stay the same. It's it's Davis and Love. I think they have to be like a thirty plus point a game group, and they and they have to be decently efficient. They gotta be. Yep, yep. I agree. All right, any more teams? Uh no. I think we talked about all my other most intriguing teams. I have Iowa State. Could they be the best defensive team in the country? Uh, maybe. Yeah. Michigan maybe. State. I'm intrigued. Will they ever get good again? I just I'm not used to living in a world where Michigan State sucks. They'll so, be good in March. That's my answer. Yeah, maybe. And more, then more, I had Seton Hall. Mar- but Mar- really March against about. State. More like March against more, State. March against State. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I like that a lot. I can't believe no one's ever said that. No, I don't think you anybody has. That. Yeah, okay. Yep. Um, so, no, I, I'm good on most intriguing teams. All right. Any other topics, questions? Um, breakout sophomores. Um, 27 of the top 50 recruits from the 2021 class last year are back in college. Can some of them become the stars of college basketball? I've got a, I've got a handful of them that I think could be. Are any of these already stars? I don't think, no, I, tr- I tried to target guys who are not like stars yet. And generally those stars are, are probably gone. So it's, it's, it's a pretty rare occasion, but Hunter Salas, Nolan Hickman at Gonzaga. Could one of those two guys blossom and become a quote-unquote star of this season? Could they? Yes. Uh, I think the better question is, who do you think is more likely out of the two? Hickman. Hickman? Because you're not you, – you think of Salas as just an athlete, basically, correct? I don't know. I guess – I yeah, kind of. He's like a – I don't know if he's just an athlete, but – Probably. Yeah. Okay. I, I think he's maybe a little overrated by his recruiting, by his, his recruiting number, I think was a little over, overhyped. Yeah. Like with Hickman, like if you, if he can actually break out and be like their answer at guard at point guard, that's a big help for Gonzaga. If he can be 70% of Nemhard from a year ago, that'd be great for them. Yeah. I mean, remember people forget he was committed to go to Kentucky. Gonzaga poached him from a Kentucky recruiting class. So, I mean, the, the pedigree is definitely there for him. And you also know, like, Gonzaga, just the system that they run, the style of play that they have, guys are going to put up big numbers. Like, you know how we, we do the Virginia thing where it's, like, normal numbers? If you put up this number in Virginia, it's actually, like, it, it's, like, times it by something in a normal system. 50. Like, I feel like Gonzaga, like, Gonzaga's system is, like, their stats are inflated. It's, like, Big 12 offense. You know what I mean? So, like, I could see Nolan Hickman averaging 
I don't know. Like it's not that unfor- like I don't I don't think it's crazy to think he could average 16 points and 7 assists. Could if be. he's good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cuz the tempo yeah. they play at, the system they run. How about Harrison Ingram from uh from Stanford? He's probably the closest thing to a like established star already. Yeah, but was he kind of disappointed or am I thinking of a freshman from 2 years ago? It no, was I mean, he, was, he wasn't great. He was just okay, I thought. He averaged like 11 points, four or five rebounds, a couple assists. He's just kind of, I don't know, I would say forgettable. Who was their big freshman a year ago? Zaire Williams. Ago? That's what I'm thinking of. Okay, that's what I'm thinking yeah, of. He wasn't good. And Harrison Ingram, I don't think, was a whole lot better. Unlike Zaire Williams, Harrison Ingram stayed in school. Okay. So Harrison Ingram, I see 10 and 6. Oh, what the hell? It's like the side of the screen that shows like their shooting percentages are just blurry. I can't even read it. Uh... The answer for him is just becoming more efficient. Like 40%, 38% from the field, 31 from the three-point line. Um, if he just becomes more efficient, that 10 points per game all of a sudden becomes like 15. Yeah. And I think Stanford has to be good. And I think there's space for them to be. I mean, the Pac-12, we, we talked about it already. It's really just Arizona and UCLA. Maybe Oregon, right? But but it's like there's – I feel like there's room for them to – and at some point, Stanford's probably got to win or that coach is out of his job. Yeah. Uh, I got Matthew Cleveland and Jalen Warley at Florida State. Both guys were top 50 recruits. Cleveland was obviously decent as a freshman. Very Florida state that they would have two on this list of people you're talking about. I'm almost disappointed I didn't find a third. Yeah. Yes, breakout candidates. All right, two. Uh, I'll have. I got three kind of three kind of two guards here. That let's just go quick hitters. Which one do you think is uh, maybe the most intriguing? Kobe okay. Bufkin at Michigan, Tamar Bates at Indiana, Manny Obaseki at Texas A and M. Any of those guys breaking out? All three of them had like blah freshman years on on pretty good teams. Could they crack the rotations now? Not just crack the rotations. Could they break out? They could. I, I'd probably lean Bufkin out of those three. What do you think? I think Michigan's probably the best team out of those three. Yeah. I think if if Indiana is going to be what people expect them to be, I think it has to be Tamar Bates. Like, he was a top, like, 30 recruit or whatever. He might have been. Was he a reclass guy? I don't remember if he was a reclass guy or not. But he was pretty bad. I mean, he averaged, like, three points a game on – he had more shot attempts than points. And, like, their guards aren't very good, though. They've got – What's his face at point guard? But then it's like Miller Cop is their next best perimeter guy. I think they kind of need Tamar Bates to uh, to bust out. And I, I mean, if, if he does, then maybe I'm kind of back in on Indiana. There you go. And then Obaseki too. I mean, Texas A&M. He was he was just kind of another guy. But they, they're they're kind of Florida State in that they play they played like a dozen dudes. He was dubbed as like a super high level kind of ball handler athlete, kind of one and a half kind of combo guard. Maybe that guy gives them a, another piece of juice, like to uh, to enhance their ceiling. Yep. Here are some guys just outside the top fifty that I'm that I'm kind of in on taking break, uh, taking the jumps. Those were just I, I drew the arbitrary line at the top fifty there for that first part. Here's some guys outside the top fifty. Jordan Hawkins from UConn. I think he's going to have a bust out year for for the Huskies. I think he'll lead them in scoring. Okay. Even um, Julie, above Sonogo. Yeah, I think so. I think I, I mean, I guess I just lean a perimeter guy is probably going to score more than a big man usually. 
he's going to take more shots. So well, we're better. Yeah. You know, and so I, 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 I we, 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 we bring up the ball up the floor. So it's like, let us shoot it maybe a couple more times. Right. Right. You just, you just yeah. get the rebound. You don't get yeah, pass exactly. it. You just get the rebound. Yeah, exactly. So I could see that. Yeah. Will McClendon from UCLA. I don't think he's going to be like a go-to guy or like a quote unquote star, but he missed last year with an ACL injury. He was a top like 70 recruit. I could maybe see him being a key cog for that UCLA team if they're going to be legit because they do need yep. guard help. Uh, and then RJ Melendez is an Illinois guy. I know everybody, everybody, when they talk about Illinois, it's all about Shannon and Matthew Meyer and Coleman Hawkins gets a little talk. And who's the point guard that they got coming in? Uh, Sky Clark. Sky Clark. There we go. I had Sky Moore on my mind. Sky Clark. I think I had Sky Vodka on my mind. Ooh, that sounds yummy. I think uh, I think RJ Melendez is going to be a breakout dude. I loved him when they when he played a little bit in their tournament game. Like I, I could see him being rock solid. He's like six 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 seven, kind of a comp. Like he seems like he can handle it, shoot it. He can kind of do a little bit of everything. I could see him being a guy that that you look up and it's like he's actually Illinois' best player, best player. But like Ooh. he's like one of their key. Like they need him to do a lot of stuff. Straw that stirs a drink. Yep. Okay, perfect. And then there's three guys at Colorado. This is this is a little bit of a deep cut, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Colorado. They have they had they had three top 100 recruits last year. We did not talk about Colorado much. Lawson Lovering, seven footer who played a little bit as a freshman, played like 11 minutes a game, struggled at times. Generally, those big guys take an extra year to kind of show off, right? There's not a lot of mid-level freshmen that come in and just dominate from like a post player perspective. I think there's a chance he has a bust out year. It's KJ interesting Sarah. bringing up someone who averaged two and two a year ago. Yep. He was a top 70 recruit though. So yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm still in, I think I could see him going from two to 12. Okay. Uh, yeah, KJ that's Simpson. A breakout. Yeah. And that's, that's what we're going with is that's why I said it's, it's a deep cut, right? I'm kind of, yeah. I'm projecting a little bit here. Yeah. Uh, KJ Simpson and Quincy Allen were both top 100 guys for them last year too. Quincy Allen missed the year with an injury. KJ Simpson was a was a rotation guy. I don't know. I, I kind of found myself talking myself into Colorado a little bit as like a nobody's talking about them, and I could see them maybe being like a top four team in the Pac-12. So, as far as mid-major teams, would you put them up with San Diego State, uh, Dayton? I would say they're a tier two, lowercase a exclamation point lowercase b okay that's pretty high out there yeah yeah i'm, I'm yeah. big yeah okay. <laughs> top 12 tier two mid-major team okay <laughs> all right is that your list i had other ones but i think yeah we spent enough time on some of those guys yeah oh all right do you have anything else Biggs? i know we are Four days away, like I said earlier. When we release this, will be day of, maybe the day before. We'll see. Um, I would scroll through the schedule, but I looked at Monday. There's literally like 200 games, I'm pretty sure. So I don't want to do that. Yeah, the first the first real watchable level games, I think, are like Tuesday, Wednesday, maybe even like Thursday or Friday. When does Gonzaga play Michigan State? I think that's a Friday. Wait, I'm more concerned. Where's, where's the Champions Classic? Isn't that that's almost like the always? That's like a week into the year. Is it a week? There's there's better games before the Champions Classic this year, which is okay. nice because fuck but, the Champions. But wasn't Classic. wasn't that like the first day of the season a year ago? It always has been. Yeah, for okay. the last like ten years, it's been the first day of the year. But so they've, they've changed kind of, that then. 
Yeah. I think that's okay. probably smart because give those teams like three games to not look like shit. Oh, yeah. November 15th. So that'd be the following Tuesday. So that'll be on next week's scrolling through the schedule. Yeah. Yeah. Scroll in, scroll in, scroll in. Nothing. For scrolling? Yeah. Scrolling. Oh, scrolling. I, I haven't done any scrolling, to be honest with you. I'm, oh, I'm behind gosh. on the scrolling. Oh, I'm guessing gosh. late next week there will be some watchables. Okay, perfect. I had a big uh, list of all my backcourts and ranking backcourts, but I think we've talked about a lot of them anyway, so I'm like, screw it. Yeah, no. We, we've definitely reached our quota here. Um, and so we are finally out of point bigs. Once we sign off, it's basically college basketball season. Um, we have wall-to-wall coverage for the next – how many months is it? Like four. Early, 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 early season, April, exactly. like five months. Yeah. Gosh, why, why can't it be longer? After I, wish could. I wish it could be a year-round thing. You didn't hear that? That's yeah. what she said. Yeah. yeah. Mike, Michael yeah. Scott. Michael no, Scott. she usually says, hurry up, get it over with. Yeah. <laughs> but I suppose we can get out of here, Biggs, and we will be back next week to recap some games, talk about some upcoming games. Also, just talk about who's better than we thought, who's worse than we thought. Um, oh, and we do overreaction season. Yes. Um, so basically, season. yeah, it's going to be amazing. So, It's here. Summer's over. You don't have to be outside anymore. Embrace it. We'll see you next week. Bye.